This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Good day for the Mets as they roll over Cincinnati 10-2. Tough day for the Yankees as they lose another tough one. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy what they're going through right now. Most of our conversation tonight has been about the Kevin Durant situation. And it's based on our poll question at Hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. If you were the Nets, how would you handle the Kevin Durant situation? Would you trade only for the best deal? Trade him only for the best deal. Acquiesce to him, fire the head coach and GM. Or would you just fire the head coach? Or would you keep him this year? See how far you go. See if you run it back. See if you can get the, you know, see if you can get the championship that you brought him here to give you and then move him after the season. So far, after an hour on the poll, 54% of you say trade him only for the best deal. 31% of you say keep him this year. 9% say fire the head coach in the GM and just over 5% say just fire the head coach. So you can uh, weigh in, get your vote, make your vote count on Twitter, or you can call us here at 1-800-919-3776. We'll hear from the uh, – we'll have some reaction on the two games today in a couple of minutes. Right now, let's go to Kevin and Freehold. What's up, Kev? Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking my call tonight. You got it. Hey, so I was just calling in to, to uh, discuss the New York Giants. Uh, we're okay. talking a lot of basketball, but the uh, first game is only in a, about three more weeks, four more weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was just curious. Uh, obviously, things in the training camp so far all, have all been high praise on uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Saquon Barkley looking like he's back to normal from his rookie self. Um, so what do you think it's going to take for Daniel Jones to get the team to, you know, a at least 500 record? Um, and that being said, I was curious, what are your uh, overall expectations and your prediction um, for their record coming into their regular season? Kevin, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to hide from you, my friend, but I really would like to see them play against some other people before I, I, I make a decision or a prediction on what they're going to be. I think what helps them is their schedule is not overly tough, right? The, the NFC East has a pretty decent schedule. It's a fair schedule. So I think that's going to help them in a sense. Uh, it's going to be about the play of the offensive line. It's going to be about the play of Saquon Barkley. Is he able to run the football? Uh, Jordan Runon spoke to us a couple of times and told us they're moving Barkley around, not just the running back. They look at him as lining up, getting some catches out of the backfield, which is something that I think helps him. Uh, you need to see them get, you need to see Jones get a little better, you know, rapport with his receivers. His receivers need to stay healthy. So that's, you know, that's a major factor. Can Kenny Galladay be the receiver that they brought in to be a couple of seasons ago? Is this the year? Uh, is Kadarius Tony the guy that can, what we saw in the game or two last year, he could be a game breaker. Can he do that consistently? Uh, how quickly can Daniel Jones figure out this offense? How quickly does he have a, a, a grasp of it, a control of it? Can Brian Dayball unlock, unlock what, is good in his scheme that helps Daniel Jones be the best quarterback he can be. So there's a bunch of different things that that will apply. Then on the other side of the ball, it's okay. How how is that giant defense? Will they continue to get pressure? And I think they will. I mean, Wake Martindale's defenses have always gotten pressure. Going back now, most recently in Baltimore, he's a guy that loves to blitz. So I expect that they will get pressure. 
The question is, will the secondary be able to hold up? And as you mentioned, Kayvon Thibodeau, he looks great. Uh, how will he look against opposing teams? Will they be able to find some weaknesses in him? So there's a lot of different things that you have to that, that you're looking for with this giant team, a lot of answers that hopefully you'll find out about in those preseason games. Then you only have three, and you know that your guys are not going to play a lot of them, right? They're going to play some, but they're not going to play a lot couple of series you know maybe you get to maybe with the Jets at the end of the month the last Sunday of the month that one o'clock game uh maybe it's a scenario where you get to see the first half into the third quarter don't know but then you that will give me a better idea on what this team is going to be okay then that gives me kind of a thought process as to okay maybe they could do something uh do I see them winning eight games nine games I don't, off the top of my head, I would say six or seven. But once again, you never know. You don't know. They might be better than what you think. Charlie's in Allenhurst. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, what's happening? Everything's good, Charlie. Well, everything is good for you and life, but not what's happening in the Bronx. This team has played an absolute infuriating, lousy baseball for six weeks. And it's been unacceptable, especially with those, the Tuesday night game. Thank goodness I didn't stay up for that game because that was a putrid base runnings. And I'm going to put this managed, Yankee manager to the task. Like, Nestor Cortez pitching a pretty good game, pretty good game. He's been lights out. Then Yankees take the lead with dramatic fashion. Then... Yeah, Cortez ran out of gas a little bit. He ran into fumes. Then, regardless of this uh, bullpen situation, this is a big, important game. And the first guy you bring him in out of the bullpen is Albert Abreu. you got to be kidding me. The guy has allowed 12, uh, inherited 12 base runners. He given up seven of them. And the guy has not pitched like whenever the team had it's whenever the game is in big spots or the team is leading with like you know minimal leads like one or two runs he has pitching garbage time like five plus runs leads or when they're trailing do the Albert Abreu pitching there is an absolute joke and you send down Ron Marinaccio who has done so much for this team and kind of came in big spots and you send him down for this garbage I mean, you got to be kidding me. And this manager has been, like, throwing games away like it's an exhibition game. And I'm going to tell you, Larry, like, this manager, I cannot stand this manager, and I don't know what to say, but during this crisis time when this team is, like, you know, spiraling out of control, like, when there's no pressure and the team is, like, you know, struggling – this guy knows how to like manage, but when there's pressure is on and things are messing around and like absolutely turmoil time, this manager doesn't know how to get through this kind of thing. And let me tell you, All something, right, so Charlie, right? let me ask this you this. Weekend, let me ask you this. I know you said that they took they they sent Ron uh, Marinaccio down. Who was he supposed to bring in? Everybody pitched the last two days. He, he used well, his whole bullpen last night. Well, this is the type of game. I mean, Chapman, where... you, you could bring Chapman in. Okay, you you couldn't bring um, you know Clay in, you couldn't bring 
uh, you know, a bunch well, of guys. You, you did, that was who you had. He was. A, he, well, he, that's that was his. That was could. his situation. Charlie, thanks for the phone call. That's who we had. You know, that's why you. That's why you want your starters to go as long as you can. Yeah, thirteen inning game. He used everybody. Everybody. All right, he used everybody. There was nobody to bring in, and Cortez gave you a lot. Here's the bottom line. Okay, I know the Yankees are struggling. Got to give me more than three runs. <laughs> this is an offense, and I know they're missing Stanton. I get it. You got to find a way to give me more than three runs. I mean, you gave me you gave me no runs. What, 17, 18 innings before they got before Higashioka hit the two run homer? I mean, 17, 18 innings, no runs. Now, I'm not saying the bullpen did a great job because clearly they didn't. But I am saying you got to do a better job than give me three runs. You have to. Last 33 games for the Yankees. 13 and 20. They're hitting 254. The starters ERA is just under five. It's like 474. The bullpen ERA is 3.56. And they're averaging, averaging five runs a game. Averaging five runs a game. And obviously that went down because they had none last night and three today. So they're not playing well. I will agree with you, Charlie. They're not playing well. The base running and the extra innings last night was deplorable. Consistently, every inning, they messed up on the bases. Every inning. Even Aaron Boone made some comments about how bad the base running was. and He doesn't complain about anything. Listen, they're struggling. They're in the slump. They have not played well since since the trade deadline. They haven't played well. They haven't played well since July. Gave you a little spark, then they went right back. So, I don't know what to tell you. You just got to hang in. Hopefully, as I said before, Stan gets back. Get some replacements. You know? And what a bad time to lose Carpenter. I mean, this guy was one of your top guys. And you lose him, although... You may not have lost him for as long as you thought. So there's some positivity there. But, I mean, what do you do till he gets back? This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, what's up? You know, uh, when you were talking, you opened up about being back at the same time. You know, this reminds me of the old days, man. You know what I mean? The yeah, old, I do. You know, listen, man, about four or five years ago, this was, you know, this was, this was an awesome time, man. You used the island. You used to call it the you, you know, you talk to the Hall of Famers on the ride home or mm-hmm. three of those guys. Yeah. I used to really enjoy that segment, man. You know Missed what? Those times, brother. Um, you know what? Do you know how many times I hear that and Alan hears that as well? We hear so much about how how much fun the audience had with it. And then for those who aren't familiar with it, what we used to do uh, is Alan Hahn and Al Trotwig and Wally Zerbiak, after they finished the Nick games on MSG, they would they all carpooled. And so they would all get in the car. 
and they would call and we would all talk about the game. Well, actually, they would talk about the game. I was, I guess, Buddha, you call me a fire starter. I would just throw something out there and sit back, and then they would just go at each other <laughs> and just discuss it. And I'd be sitting back there just listening, then, you know, and then, then maybe a traffic jam would happen and they start picking on how the person's driving or Alan drives too fast or Wally drives too slow. It was just, it was great. And it was, what it was, Buddha, was it was them. It's like we were able to listen to their post-game comments when they went on the air. Like their post game comments during yeah. commercials and stuff, so it was a lot of fun. So we yeah, hear that yeah. a lot. It, it it was it was a fun time. It really was. You know, I, like you know, I'm not the, a Knicks fan. I mean, like I I root for them. You know, love to play on my team, but you know, MSG is not the same with Al Trowick, bro. That's true. You know, That's really, true. You're right. The MSG Network is not the same with Al Trowick, bro. You know, you get used to certain things. You know what I mean? Yep. Landmarks, you know. Yeah, he's a hall. That's yeah. why he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, listen, um, two points real quick, man. You know, like, like first, I, I spoke with Ty about this the other night, man. Listen, the next decision on Durant is not even going to be a unilateral one, man. Uh, you know, the league is not going to let them trade him for, you know, for where he approves to go for a bag of shells. They're not doing that. Nope. And they probably have told the Nets to do just like the call of the guy, Jonathan, when he was talking to you earlier. He was like, look, let him sit down if you don't want to play. Let him mm-hmm. take that PR hit. And, and you know, he. He says he's the kind of guy that doesn't care what anybody says. He cares everything that everybody says. So, you know, that's that's another tool or strategy they could use, you know, against him. And it bothers me to critique him like this because, like, uh, Papa Love was telling you before, I love him. He's, like, my yeah. favorite player, man. Yeah. But, you know, he's just he's just damaging things in a way that's not good. But, you know, the Jets right tackle situation, man, even if they get Brown, like, even if they do sign Brown, they're going to have to bring in a couple of guys you know, for depth when it's cut off prime anyway. You know, th- th- those guys, they got there, Mitchell, Idoga, McDermott. If any one of those guys was really, truly capable, it, it, with all the stuff that happened with Beckton, he wouldn't even have been starting, you know, at right tackle. So, clearly, they have an issue there. You know, they, but like I said, they, they'll pick up somebody, even if they don't get Brown, even if they do get Brown, they'll pick up a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. I think they can piecemeal that thing together. But the whole thing is, just the, what happened, and, and not based on who it happened to a Beckham, whatever, but like these preseasons, man, with these Jets, like yeah. every year, man, yeah. it just come like this guy's down, this other guy's down. I mean, they don't play starters that much in the preseason, you know. You, you know, and you hope, and I, I think Mike Tannenbaum was talking about this before about like, listen, man, listen, let the guys get the work that you don't even know if it's going to be on this team or not. You, you understand yes. what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I agree with you, Buddha. That's why when you're in a situation like the Giants, and thanks for the phone call, when you're in a situation like the Giants and you have decisions that you're trying to make with your quarterback, with your receivers, with your running back, with your offensive line, you're torn. Like you put them out there maybe for a series. You know, you want them to get some work against a different opposition. You put them out there for a series and you get them off the field as quick as possible. (laughs) That's what you do. Because you need to make, you need to, there's decisions that you have to make. Okay, there's decisions you have to make, and so that's that's what's tough. In Robert Sala's situation, he you know of course you want Zach Wilson to get work. He needs to work. He does, but you got to be real careful as to how much you know how, how you keep him, how long you keep him out there. And it's not just the Jets. There's a number of teams that you know guys don't even play. 
Like, listen, if I'm Baltimore, I wouldn't play Lamar Jackson either. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't play. <laughs> I'm trying to get a contract. I'm trying to get out there. You get all messed up. So the NFL has some issues as far as how are they, how are they going to work and, and try to get through this. Uh, there's one less preseason game, and as it turns out, it's going to be, Buddha, the folks that are trying to make the team. Those are the guys that you have to give the opportunity to see as the as the line goes, to see them jump off the video, jump off the screen. Wow, look at that play. He just jumped off the screen. I mean, ah, he's going to be on our practice team. Oh, he's going to be on specials. Oh, he's going to be here. But you start as you give them as low, get them work and get them out of there. That's what you have to do. You cannot afford to lose key players in the preseason in the NFL. You just can't. You can't. Yeah, you hope that they get back. But you have to be very careful. I mean, you, you know, some teams don't even play their starters. Quarterbacks, they don't even see them. They work in the scrimmage. We know what they're doing. We're good. Now, I will grant you, they are a little better. Those teams have maybe better quarterback play than what you've got with the two local teams where you really are pushing them because you need to see something from what they bring to the table. And as I mentioned with the Giants, you're a new, you're a new, got a new regime, you're a new coaching staff. You want to see as much as possible. You've seen some things, but now you want to see what's really going on. So you got to keep your guys out there. Rookies, and, and, here's, and this is the other part, right? You've got rookie players. High draft choices. You want to see what they bring to the table, but also these high draft choices are expected to be, you know, guys who make an impact on for your team right now. So you put them out there, quick, that, 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 gotta go. Nope, see you. Nope, sit down, son. That's it. <laughs> we'll see you in the next game. When we return, we'll take you around the league. Yeah, we'll get reaction from both the Mets and the Yankees. Good day for the Mets, tough day for the Yankees. We'll get reaction next. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, we're going around the ballpark. No, there will be no answers with Aaron because Gordon Damer is on vacation. A couple of you callers think Aaron Boone's on vacation as well, the way the Yankees have been playing. But nevertheless... We're going to start with the New York Mets, who win again, this time against the Cincinnati Reds. 10-2 in a sweep of the Reds. Oh, I wish I could play the Reds more often. I really do. (laughs) It would be so nice. Just watch them continue to struggle. If I tell you who's not struggling... It's Francisco Lindor. Two for three, two runs scored, two RBIs. Also a walk in the game today. And yes, he's got 81 runs batted in. Yep, Lindor, 81 runs batted in. And the and the two runs, runs batted in were with two out. Here's Buck Showalter on Lindor tying Jose Reyes's RBI record for a shortstop. It's pretty cool. No, I mean, it's to be continued. I know uh, he'd sacrifice everything for a chance to be the last team standing. That's kind of where he's wired. You know, when you put it in that context, all the great shortstops that have played here, makes you realize how hard it is. 
You don't think there were great shortstops here? Some good ones. Maybe not. Oh, I got to suck that in. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Buck Showalter with the storylines is always interesting. Always interesting. <laughs> Tyron Walker got the win today. He's now 10 and 3. Here's the line on Walker. Six innings, five hits, two runs, both earned five strikeouts. 91 pitches, 56 for strikes with a 3.43 ERA. This was not the same Tyrone Walker that struggled in the only loss to Atlanta. This was the Tyrone Walker we've been seeing. And here's Buck Showalter on Walker's start. I could tell early on he had a little juice in his eyes. He was carrying a pretty good fastball early on. Got out of himself a few times. One of the reasons, you know, he jumped, what, 40-something pitches from the last outing. I didn't want him to go back out there for the seventh. I thought his last inning or so. But, he, you know, he had a couple moments in the game where he had to go get it a little bit, and he did. And he made a lot of pitches when it looked like it might have the potential to get away from him. It worked out good because I was able to get Medina and Trevor off the schneid a little bit with a day off, so we got everything functioning as we go into Friday. Yeah, it was good. So he was able to get some length, get his bullpen in order as they prepare for a weekend series with the Philadelphia Phillies. Speaking of Tyrone Walker, he weighs in on the Mets rolling and big part of that role of late, taking four or five from Atlanta. He tried to flush it quick. I mean, just kind of get back to your routine. And so we did, you know, I did my bullpen and got back to my work and um, I flushed it quick and uh, was able to get it, go out there and get a quality start today. No question, there was a different Tyrone Walker than what we saw against Atlanta. So he was asked, do you look forward to those clutch at-bats? The win, we don't really look at that, but what we look at is, you know, how deep we're going in the games. Down the stretch, you want your bullpen to be as fresh as possible. So if we can go out there, go six, seven, bats, eight innings, every single time out, our bullpen's going to be fresh down the stretch and into the playoffs, and that's what really wins you games. It does, and especially the way Edwin Diaz, and I hear the trumpets in my head, the way he's performed this year, I mean, he's just been amazing. So if you can keep your bullpen steady, and listen, Adovino's been good. It's still not as deep as I would like it. Seth Lugo has put together a couple of better performances. So I'm still a little concerned about the bullpen. But as I mentioned, no team is perfect in Major League Baseball. So for right now, the Mets are rolling, and they're doing a great job. Here's Francisco Lindor on tying Jose Reyes' records for the most RBI by Met shortstop. It's a blessing, because whenever you can do something cool, it's, it's, it's a blessing. Be next to Reyes, somebody I grew up watching, it's, it's great, but I'm here to try to win the World Series. That's all I have in mind. Along the way, things like this are going to happen. Um, I thank the good Lord for it. All right, so congratulations to Francisco Lindor, who's hitting over 400 during this streak. He has really been outstanding. And... I know Gordon Damer asked me a couple of couple of weeks ago if I thought he was the Francisco Lindor that we thought we were getting from Cleveland. He's starting to be that guy. Over this stretch, he has been hitting, hitting some home runs, the way he's played in the field. He's really been a leader. And he's, you know, he's not one of these guys that takes a bunch of days off, right? You don't see him not in the he's in the lineup like every day. He he's he's out there every day. So you love what he's been doing and you love the way this Met this Met team has, has been playing. Uh, Guillaume's been hitting. Uh, once again, Kana, who's had his time kind of shifted a little bit with Naquin out there and Ruff. Uh, Naquin, again, more hits, two two hits again today. A couple of runs scored, an RBI. Jeff McNeil is hitting over 300 again. He had two RBIs today. Uh, Vogelbach has been great. Uh, you know, three RBIs today, two hits, a run scored. 
So it's it's really been just a, a nice way the Mets have played during this stretch. 73 and 39, 38 and 18 at home. And as I mentioned, they get ready for a weekend set with the Philadelphia Phillies. We're going around the major leagues, giving you some scores and focusing in on our local teams. We started with the Mets. Now we go to the Yankees. And this was a tough day for the Yankees. Tough day. As I mentioned earlier, they had the tough night last night going 13 innings, had multiple opportunities to win that game in extra innings. I mean, the ghost runner, the ghost runner was was picked off or thrown out or bad base running. Every inning, every inning of the extra inning, they made mistakes and ran themselves out of possibly winning a very tight, very playoff field game. And so you go today and you're like, you know what? You got Nestor Cortez on the mound. You need him to go deep. He's pitching better over his last couple of starts. All right. So you need him to go long because the bullpen, you used just about everybody last night. Everybody. And so you knew you were going to be limited to who you could go with. So you're down one nothing, And then Higashioka gives you a big two-run home run to give you a two-run lead. So he was asked, is the recent offensive slump by the team against the Mariners is it a result of their pitching? or just trying to do too much at the plate? Probably a little bit of both. You know, the Mariners do have a good staff, and especially with Castillo and Ray. So, I mean, a little bit of both, but definitely, you know, it's it's something that we, we can pull ourselves out of. You know, it's not like we came here destined to not score at all. It's just, you know, we just got to keep putting together good at-bats, just playing good baseball and get back to basics, and then it'll it'll turn around for us. Uh, Higgy, what's going on with the team's recent skid right now? We know we're going to be fine in the long run, but it's definitely, you know, it gets more and more frustrating every day that we, we don't come out and win. And we're, we're definitely not satisfied with that. So uh, this is the time of the season where you got to dig deep and, and really pull it together because um, it's a long year and it only gets tougher as it goes on. So we just got to dig a little deeper and come out ready to go tomorrow or after the off day. Yeah, boy, they could use that off day, right? <laughs> Nestor Cortez, Pitswell, what's the around the locker room during this losing right now? I think it's pretty neutral, honestly. We obviously know we're struggling. We could probably be playing a little better, but I think uh, the guys here understand we're still at the top and we just, you know, got to get over the skid and hopefully get, get back on track. The line for Nestor Cortez today, six innings, three hits, three runs earned, 10 strikeouts. As a matter of fact, he struck out six of the first nine Mariners he faced today. 93 pitches, 65 for strikes, ERA of 2.67. He was pulled after giving up the second run uh, to make it 3-2, but then Abreu comes in, gives up the uh, two-run home run, and then that the third run, of course, is charged to Nestor. But despite that, how are you feeling? Are you encouraged that you're pitching better over your last five starts? Yeah, like I've said before, it's a game of adjustments. I, you know, after after those three or four that I had, felt like I came back and made those just those adjustments, and you know, I've been I've been good for those four or five, like you said, and hopefully I can continue to do so. So that's Nestor Cortez. You did not lose this game because of him. He did a great job pitching today. All right, let's hear from the Yankee manager Aaron Boone. By the way, you'll hear from him tomorrow on the Michael K Show, starring Don, Dan Grassa and Mike Tandebaum in for the guys tomorrow. So at four o'clock, the Yankee skipper will join them. The bullpen struggled. 
I mean, you know, Holmes is not pitch well. Chapman's not pitch well. Lewisaga, even though they pitch better, they've been inconsistent. I mean, Clay Holmes is the one that you're really concerned about because he's a guy that's been dominant for you. And then, of course, Abreu gives up the two-run home run that you lose today. So, do you still have confidence in the bullpen, Aaron Boone? Well, I mean, obviously being a little thin down there today, you know, so, you know, he, he was rested, really had Wandy and, and Efros to, to close things out if I could get there. Um, so, wanted him to go through those hitters. Was hoping Nestor could, could find a way to get through there, but felt like I had to go get him at that point. And, you know, Albert was rested and, you know, he's had a couple tough outings here, but for the most part, he's been really sharp for us. So, Aaron, have you seen anything wrong with the Abreu lately? Why is he struggling? I don't know, it looked like he kind of rolled in a slider there a little bit, maybe command and strike throwing just not quite as good the last few times. You know, we've got to keep getting him out there and, and get him where we need to be because he's an important contributor. So was Abreu the right choice after Cortez? Well, I mean, obviously being a little thin down there today, you know, so, you know, he, he was rested, really had Wandy and, and Efros to, to close things out if I could get there. Um, so wanted him to go through those hitters. Was hoping Nestor could, could find a way to get through there, but felt like I had to go get him at that point. And, you know, Albert was rested and, you know, he's had a couple tough outings here, but for the most part, he's been really sharp for us. All right, Aaron Boone, as you look back at Nestor Cortez's last inning, right, is there something that he did wrong that made you pull him? I don't know. Couldn't put those last two righties away. Haggerty got him the, the inning before on, on really one of his few mistakes where he kind of pulled a fastball down and in, and he was able to keep it fair for the home run. Just a little tough putting those guys away. France kind of punched one the other way, get, just getting it by, and then and then I think it was 3-2 to, to uh Hanniger too, where it looked like he kind of hung the slider up there a little bit. I don't, I don't know if I noticed much off other than, you know, those last two guys obviously just having a hard time putting them away. All right, Aaron Boone, here's a guy I know you're missing right now. That's Matt Carpenter. Do you have an update? Yeah, it was good news. Pretty clean break. No surgery. I think kind of six to eight weeks is the timeline. He'll, he'll have it re-imaged or re-x-rayed in three or four weeks to kind of see where it is and that'll kind of be a telltale you know it'll be at least a couple weeks of non-weight bearing but but good news in that it doesn't look like there's going to be anything more but we'll have a better idea in that four week range when they re-x-ray and see where he's at all right so that was some good news for uh the yankees hopefully he can get back because you really missed his line him his bat in the lineup you really did he's been a great he's been the big Big surprise for you, right? He's a guy that, you know, you just picked up as a insurance policy. He was available. He was out there, and he's been great. He's been just phenomenal. So, hopefully, the Yankees will get squared away and get right, and they can turn things around and get back on the winning track. That's ESPN New York tonight, taking you at the ballpark. You hear from both the Mets and the Yankees, and... Uh, Better days for the Mets. The Mets have three against the Phillies. Then they go to Atlanta for four. Then they go to Philadelphia for four. For four and then they go to the Yankees for two. So that's what they look like over their next uh, 15 games. Three against the Phillies this weekend at City Field. And then four at Atlanta. And then four at Philly. And then once again, the Yankees.